Romans 5.3. Yeah. All right, second time. Okay, we also have joy with our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience. Everybody say patience. And patience produces character. And character produces hope. And this hope, the one that's produced through character, which is produced through patience, which is is produced through troubles, that hope will never disappoint us. Right here, if you write in your Bible or write in your notes, if if you're good to mess up your Bible, why don't you just even just label that in your Bible, the path of growth. Because right there, it's very clear God's idea of what it takes to grow. So my title today is The Power of Patience. Woohoo! Fun, exciting, patience. Everybody loves that word. Said nobody. Uh, Anyways, it's just a word that God put in my heart. I was like, yeah, sure, because nobody really gets that excited about patience. But Nevertheless, I am the Lord's, and I am delivering the word of God on his heart. And let's pray, because you may not need it, but I do, as I deliver this word. Lord, I thank you so much for the power of the Holy Spirit helping me deliver the word on your heart. God, as I faithfully unpack your word to the best of my ability, I pray for the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh revelation. Lord, help us with patience in our life. Not just waiting, but Lord, help us just to be better better waiters as we wait on you, God. God, I thank you that you strengthen our posture in this room as we're waiting on the promises, on the plans, and on the purposes, on the passions, on the dreams to come to pass. As we're waiting on direction from you, God as we're waiting on loved ones to come back to the Lord, as we're waiting on renewed hope, as we're waiting on the peace that surpasses all understanding, as we're waiting on the joy that's unexplainable, Lord. God, help us be renewed in our waiting. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Okay, so the power of patience. You know, I most definitely love quick. I love efficient, I love convenient, but what I have learned and seen throughout my own life and other people's lives, as I've observed other people's lives, and as I have read through scriptures, I have found that the process and the ways of God are less speedy and more like Slowy, if that's a word. They are more slow. Has anybody else experienced that in your own in your own life? That the more that you see things and wait for things to come to pass in your life, and the more that you read about it through scriptures and observe in other people's lives, that God's ways and his process feels really slow. It's the opposite of what we naturally want. It's human nature to want things right now. It's not something to feel like shame and like condemned about. It's just real life. Like we're humans. And so we tend to want it right now. A lot of you are in this room are planning to go out to eat afterwards. Or maybe you went out to eat last night or date night or whatever it is. And we tend to call the restaurants and we tend to choose the restaurants that we go eat at depending on the amount of time it's going to take to wait. Hey, Charleston's, hey, Red Rock, what's the wait time for two? What's the wait time for five? What's the wait time for six? Like the, the meal can, can be so exciting and we're so enthusiastic about the meal because it's our favorite steak place. But man, if they start saying 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, two hours, we start compromising. In fact, options that never even sounded that great. I can see you guys waving or waving your hands. Nobody's waving their hands, shaking your heads. Uh, you're thinking about how you start to compromise on your option 
because of the amount of time it's going to take to wait. And the reality is that's so much in, that's so much in life. Like, we, we love convenience. I mean, when people ask, hey, how do you do mom life? My real spiritual answer is grocery delivery. I mean, that is real. Like, the convenient, the fact that I can have less planning and prep and I don't have to take. They're like, how do you take five kids to the grocery store, if at all possible, I don't. That's what. That's my goal. The least amount that I can take them to the grocery store, uh, the better. That's just the way that I keep my peace as as a mom and spend less money um, and save time. Uh, it's amazing. How many of you guys taking the kids to the grocery store? Oh gosh, it's wild. Oh gosh, talk about the power of patience. I'm just, I, I, kids. I can't. I would be. I would honestly hate my season if I didn't realize the power of patience because it requires patience. But to have things fast, to to make life convenient, right now in 2023, the options are endless. To have things right now. I can go on Instagram and if I want to have 20,000 followers, I can just buy them right now. Now, I can bypass the process. But in the kingdom of God, we cannot bypass the process and also have the endurance to be sustained in the call of God on our life. And even though we live in 2023 and the options are endless, don't feel bad for taking advantage of the life hacks and the inconvenience. I do the same. But we have to continue to renew our mind and expectation that that might be our life out here. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Because what happens if we start to believe that we can actually bypass God's uh, character-producing seasons and moments in his preparation, then we'll end up looking for the shortcuts, claiming that it's God, but shortcuts, they're not God's way of fulfilling the plan and purpose that he has on our lives. Why? Because he cares about character. He cares about development. He not only cares about you achieving, but he cares about that once you've achieved, once I've achieved, that we're, that we're able to be sustained. And not only personally, it's not just about personal sustainment. It's about our families. It's about our kids. It's about our legacy. It's about our influence. For all that God wants us to do in us and through us, it takes time. Everybody say, it takes time. That's probably why the Bible is full of scriptures of the need and the reward of patience. Just as you read, I believe after this sermon, you're going to read the Bible and you're like, wow, I thought there was way more scriptures on the need for speed. But the reality is, is there's way more scriptures on the need for patience and the reward of patience. I mean, you'll find the word quick in there. Psalms 119 specifically, it says, be quick to obey his commands. Be quick to obey the truth in his Word. Be quick to obey his written word. Be quick to prayer. Be quick to worship. Be quick to praise. Be quick to give. Be quick to love. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to repent. Even James says, be quick to listen. But right after he mentions quick, he also says, be slow to speak. There it is, the turtle pace again. God cares, and he values just as as much as he values being quick to obey his commands. He also sees that the things that he has designed and planned for each and every one of us, it's going to require not only faith, but also patience. The Bible illuminates the strength of of slow and patience and waiting so many times. 
talking about waiting on the Lord, waiting for him. My soul waits. Another translation of that scripture is that I'm going to wait to respond when I'm not a boiling pot of water, but when I've simmered down on the stove. My soul waits. He says, wait to judge. Let me be the judge. And actually, if you are going to even uh, judge in the sense and respond to somebody's actions and confront those things, what does he say? He says, wait to judge. Be slow to anger. Be still. To be still requires so much patience. Some of you are blessed with incredible personalities, and I wish I was like you, who are just so naturally patient. That is not me, and very few people. But the truth is, is patience really is not a personality thing. It's a discipline thing. It's a fruit of the spirit thing. In other words, to really have the ability to wait patiently the way that God has asked us to wait, it requires help. From the Holy Spirit. So many of us wait on the things of God without waiting on God. We wait on the promises of God. We wait on the fulfillment of promises. We wait on the timing to bring things up in conversations. We wait on vindication from God. We wait on him to defend us. We wait, but yet... We wait in our own strength. We wait without the power of God. And you know what happens when we wait on the things of God, the things that he's promised in the word of God? Do you know what happens when we wait on those things without the help of the Holy Spirit? We burn out, we give up, and we become resentful and offended. And we become angry. The things that God has planned and designed for you They all require waiting. I mean, that's, I know it's not the best news, but it just is what it is. It's throughout the Bible. I know that's common sense, but let that sink in. The things that you're waiting for God to do is going to require waiting on God. Is going to require the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't want to get too sidetracked. Again, I haven't preached on a weekend in a while, and so if you hear me just chasing bunnies and rabbits and going over there, you just pray me back. You pray me back. But I do want to highlight here, you know, I 100% agree that we can hear the voice of God personally beyond just the written word of God. 100% agree that's all over the Bible, that my sheep know and hear my voice, that I'm able to recognize the voice of God. But there are so many times, situations that I have observed, I have observed in the church, capital C, and believers, that times we, we hear from God, we hear the voice of God, and we take that word from God and live it out with arrogance. Because we heard the voice of God. We have passion. There's nothing wrong with passion. But man, so many times, and I've been guilty of it myself, that just because we have a word from God, that we've heard the voice of God, it doesn't mean we can bulldoze our way through. It doesn't mean we can bulldoze over people. Just because we hear a word from God, we're not excused from, a, from not being prideful and judgmental with that word. You know, Ecclesiastics 7, 8, it says, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Patience is better than arrogance. Don't we all know that it's easier and even more fun at times to start something? But it really takes patience to actually see it through. 
That's probably where we get the word. This scripture is probably where we get the whole statement. How you end one thing is how you start another. Because even when I hear a voice, when I hear the voice of God, you know, it's a process to hear the voice of God. I mean, there's a lot of things laid plainly out in scripture, but then there's specific things that he speaks to you in your own personal relationship with him. And there's a process of hearing and discerning the voice of God. He affirms it in his word. He affirms it through other people. But when I truly am submitted, when I truly am slow in the presence of God and not rushing through, I am so open-handed with the word that I just heard from God that I'm actually more patient to even see that word come to pass or even act on that word. It's amazing to me how many people, again, myself included at times, where we hear, we can hear the voice of God, but yet we haven't been in fellowship with God. If we can't sit and be still and practice being sitting, sitting and still and being know and knowing that he is God, if we're rushing in the presence of God and just rushing through the Bible and rushing through the moments of connection with God, how can we trust that we're not being anxious with the things that we're saying is the voice of God in our life? I'm just saying that a characteristic of being with God is patience. Why? Because he is patient. Isn't it amazing that in 1 Corinthians 13, the first characteristic of love is patient. Yes, love, because I love you, I'll be patient with you. But what if you flip that? And if you believe God is love, which he is, What if we flipped it in the way of not just showing my love for people that I'll be patient. What if because of my love for God, I'm patient with God. I'm patient. I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting on the timing and the plans and the purposes of God. Again, hearing and discerning the voice of God isn't always easy, but I have found in my personal life and my personal experience and observing other people as well that more times than not, it's about the process and the preparation connected to hearing the voice of God. Man, there are so many times, like, let me just, let me just, let me just help you out because I'm a good friend. So many of us are so passionate about hearing from God about the destination. But can I tell you that my walk with God and my intimacy with God has actually been strengthened more in the journey of hearing him speak about the destination than actually when I'm at the destination. I love, if God is patient, Can you just sit and think about how patient, just because you're impatient with yourself, it doesn't mean God is impatient with you. Just because you're impatient with the other people, it doesn't mean that God is impatient. He is so patient with us. That means we talk about, Paul talks about it all the time, that he's more interested in who we are becoming Doesn't that require a characteristic of patience? I know that when I get excited about our kids, I'm growing in this actually. Sometimes I am about the destination. Can you just get it? Can you just learn? Can you just do it? And so I have to be reminded the more that I'm renewed, And how God operates with me and his patience with me and how transformation actually happens in my life as a result of his patience. That encourages me to want to spread the love, to spread the gift. There's a scripture in the Bible that actually says that 
sinners, people who have yet to call on the name of the Lord, will call on the name of the Lord because they see God's patience with you. I think that's incredible. That there's, inf- there's people in your life, there's people you are around that you're waiting for an opportunity to evangelize to them. But can I tell you that just you submitting and receiving the love of God, that alone, a life lived in love with Jesus, that overflow is actually impacting the people around you. They know what you did. They know where you came from. And the fact that they still, you see, keep getting up, that, that patience can only come from God. And that, the Bible says, will actually turn people to him. I think that is beautiful. Proverbs is full of wisdom, of the power of patience. It's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's another thing of how we actually carry it out. The method matters. In Proverbs 14, 29, it says, patience leads to abundant understanding. If we're lacking understanding on our kids, on a situation, on people, on finances, if we're on direction, Could it be because we are too impatient? And then it says, but impatience leads to stupid mistakes. I didn't call you stupid, but Proverbs definitely lays it out of what's on the other side of our impatience. How many of you people would be willing and honest enough to say, you know what? I'm not labeling myself as stupid, but out of my own impatience, I've seen some stupid mistakes, right? Most of the time when I am impatient, I am mean, I am rude, I am watch out Highway 75 because I am coming. Impatience leads to stupid mistakes, and we can blame it on other people, or we can take responsibility for our lack of ability to wait. It's default. It's in our default to look for shortcuts. You've been on a road, and you're looking. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is taking so long. I have been there. What parking lots could I go through? What ways can I weave around here? What app can I look at that will actually help me get around this detour, get around this because I got places to go? And can I tell you, shortcuts, they may cut down time. But shortcuts also cut out the character and the necessary development that is needed to sustain you and your future. And not only you and your future, but like I said, your kids, your legacy, your influence, your business. Let me say that again, that shortcuts... They do cut down on time, right? We can agree. Shortcuts, they cut down on time, but that's not the only thing they cut down on. They cut out character and the necessary development to finish strong. The necessary development needed to sustain us in our future. Again, God cares about you and I getting to where he's called us to get to. He cares about us becoming. He cares about the promises of God coming to pass in our life. But he cares about not only just getting there, but keeping us there. Why do we look for shortcuts? Well, we want it now, right? We want it right now. Don't feel bad about it. It's just part of human nature. So we can't be led by our feelings, right? We're submitting to a spirit of patience. It's our choice. Waiting is inevitable. But how we choose to wait is our choice. I want it now. I'm tired of waiting. 
Man, when you're waiting in a doctor's office for longer than the period of time that they say you're going to be wait, you need to go to the bathroom, take a deep breath, calm yourself down. You're about to lose your witness. I am so thankful for the times where things have taken a lot longer, and I've done that because, sure enough, they bring out their food and they're like, oh, see you on Sunday. And I was like, oh, gosh, God, I seriously almost lost a church member because I was about to lose it on them. We're tired of waiting. When you're weary and waiting, I'm serious. Watch out. That's a trigger to lose it. I don't believe God will do it. That's another reason we look for shortcuts, right? I don't believe God will do it. Thanks, God, for the word, but I'm not okay with your timing. It actually needs to happen a lot sooner to my own logic. It's like when I was pregnant with all five of our babies. That still sinks in to me, honestly. Um, But, like, you're waiting for the baby to be born, and you're believing that it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do to actually control it. I mean, sure, there's all these things that you can do to induce, but I don't know. Does it really work? I tried them all. I just feel like, God, you know exactly when the baby's going to be born, and so I'm just going to rest in your timing. God knows exactly the birth dates and the due dates to specific things in your life. And he is not going to write it down as a promise and, 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 and stir up your hopes for nothing. God is not that type of God to stir your hopes up for nothing. He stirs your hope up because it's faith and patience that actually allows you to inherit the promises of God. Another reason we look for shortcuts is because everyone is, everyone is. Comparison, right? I'll never forget when I started training for a run and I went to the gym and go to the treadmill and I was looking at these people next to me running, running super fast and I was like, oh yeah, I can run seven miles too. I just hopped on here like two days ago and just started this, but sure, I can do it. And so I just started doing it too. Why? Because I wanted to keep up with the person next to me. I wanted their endurance. But there's a process of training. And you know what happened? I actually had to forfeit one of my races that I was a part of because I, like, completely messed up my leg. Out of comparison. We think it's better. If we truly believe that God's timing is best, if we truly believe, don't fool ourselves. We can't fool ourselves. Don't fool yourself. It's not, it's not good to yourself to fool yourself. But if you truly believe that God's timing is best, how much are you willing to wait? How much are you willing to wait on God's timing to bring that spouse? How much are you willing to wait? For God's defense. How much are you willing to wait on the provision from heaven, on the promotions from heaven? Why do we look for shortcuts? Because everyone is. There's always going to be someone. Again, I'm a good friend. I'm going to tell you, there's always going to be someone doing something that you want to do. Always. But if we chase after their timing, we're going to miss. Again, I wanted to run like they were running next to me. But I can't have someone's endurance and also forfeit the process. How do we grow in endurance? We endure. That requires patience. All of those reasons are valid. Again, we like shortcuts. But we need endurance to fulfill the assignments of God on our lives. You know, throughout the Bible, we read about people that God promoted Especially Joseph in the Bible in Genesis, you see that he promoted, that God gave him dreams of being promoted to leadership and influence. But then after that, 
And then after that, uh, he was sold into slavery, and he, was, and he was put into prison, and that was 13 years. And then 10 years, it's still another 10 years later before the dreams came to pass in his heart that God spoke to him about his family. You know, I'm sure he wasn't perfect in the process. I'm sure he had moments of impatience and, and doubting and second-guessing in his school of preparation. But the reality is, is he still chose to be patient. Hebrews 11, it's full of biblical heroes that say they inherited the promise of God, promises of God because of faith and patience. Faith and patience. You know, I wish patience was automatic. Wouldn't it be nice if once we gave our life to Christ, the rest of our salvation was like driving an automatic car. We don't have to think about it. Versus like a stick shift car, you have to, it's kind of jerky, it's hard. I don't drive a stick shift car. If you do, you're like way smarter than all the rest of us because impatient, because it's, it's difficult, it's hard. You have to think more about it. I'm never going to be so close to God that I don't have to choose to consistently trust in him. It's a choice. Joseph saw the promises of God come to pass because he was patient. He was patient through affliction. He was patient through false accusation. He was patient through abandonment. It was his faith in who God was that allowed him to keep putting his trust in God. God is a good God. He never changes his character. If you're waiting on a promise, if you're waiting on something to come to pass, how do you, how do you get your strength back in waiting? You renew your mind on how good God is. The steadiness, the steadfastness of his character alone, the goodness of God leads me to keep believing because he's a good God. He's not like my four-year-old who constantly changes what he likes. I like pizza one day. I don't like pizza the next. How did you not know that I don't like french fries today? I don't know. I'm so thankful that God is not a God who constantly changes his mind, but his character because the reality is the devil comes in, right? When it takes a while, it comes in and he starts to get us to doubt the promises. And he starts to make it about our own efforts and everything Jesus did on the cross. He said, it is finished. He's already made up, it, made up in his mind the promises of God for your life. How do we see those come to pass? Faith and patience. Psalms 105, 19, if you have your Bible out, please underline this. I guarantee you most of you have just ran past this scripture. But Psalms 105, 19, about the story of Joseph, Joseph, it says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams. There's things that God is doing in your heart. And it might feel like denial. It might feel like delay. In fact, it, it does. It does feel like that at times. Denied. It does feel like detour, delayed. But there's something in you that he's refining. There's something in you that he's producing. And he cares enough to not give, give us what we want when we want it. Because he cares about the process. Romans 3, he cares about the path of growth. There's so many benefits as I'm coming to a close. There's so many benefits of practicing patience, about the character being developed and patience, through patience. Patience looks like difficult people to work with. Patience looks like waiting for your son or your daughter to come back to know the Lord. Patience looks like raising needy and stubborn kids. Patience looks like working in tough environments. Patience looks like long, 
unanswered prayers. Patience looks like the idiots on the road who won't get out of the fast lane. I've been there. There are no shortcuts to inheriting the promises of God. Why? He values endurance. Man, when I wait in the presence of God, I'm reminded of what he values. He doesn't value what this economy values. There's a heavenly economy, and you know what he values? He values endurance. He values not giving up. He values stamina. He values hope that never disappoints. He values the process. He values preparation. He values dependency on him. He values eternity. Think about my own kids. It takes a lot of patience to hear what's in their heart. In fact, most of the time they want to share. It's really inconvenient for, my, for me. But if I really want to hear their heart, I'm patient. I'm patient with understanding. Again, love is patient. So many of us just want to run ahead because we're impatient. We want to catch up. We want to meet a self-imposed deadline. We're turning 30, turning 45. So we got to do it. Move out of the way. You know, the heart of God is not for you to accomplish A, B, and C by the time you're 30 or 35. The heart of God is that you're obedient to him right now. Because the truth is, we're not promised tomorrow or the next day or the next day. We're driven by eternity, not by a number on our birthday. Patience produces understanding. It produces produces peace. It's amazing when I decide to surrender to the spirit of patience that all of a sudden I, I have peace. Patience reveals the power of a firm identity in Christ. My ability to be patient reveals the level that I cling to my identity in Christ. We saw that two weeks ago on the cross. What greater example than Jesus on the cross? He was patiently waiting for the Lord to back up everything that he said. That he truly is the son of God. He didn't try to yell from the cross. Straighten out everybody's opinions and views. He didn't try to declare his innocence. But he did in Psalms 37 verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes. That's what he did on the cross. Sometimes we see waiting as just, God, I'm waiting for you in worship. I'm waiting for you on my knees to hear you. That is waiting on God. But sometimes waiting on God is exactly what Jesus did on the cross. Waiting for his finished work. Not getting pulled into battles that are worthless of your energy. Do you think that God, that Jesus could answer the call and answer the crowds? He was patiently waiting on the Lord to defend him. Patience produces power. Paul preached about it yes, uh, last weekend. Sneaky Jesus, along came Jesus, along... Something about Jesus. He gave us five different titles. Whichever one stuck with you, he talked about the two people that were on the road to Emmaus when Jesus said, wait. But they didn't want to wait, right? Because, oh my goodness, it's so hard to wait, especially when we don't understand. And when it doesn't make logical sense. Also, those two disciples could be like, why did I need to wait? I saw Jesus. I saw what he did. I'm going to go do it right now. You might be ready. They might have been ready, but Jesus still told them to wait. And then they decided to go back to the disciples. And what happened? They all received power. Patience produces power. Waiting precedes power. 
Some of you in this room are, feel like you're in a pit or prison like Joseph. And the reality is, is most of the time, we don't really know what's school in our life. We don't really know what's preparation, the jobs, the situations, the circumstances. Most of the time, we don't know what was school until we're a little farther away from school. Most of the times in my life, when I was working jobs that didn't make sense, when I was staying longer than I wanted to, when I was, um, even when serving here in different entities, um, here at Victory, little did I know that he was preparing me to step in to co-pastor with my husband. Can you imagine if God told me that any earlier? I probably would have disobeyed because most of the things that he told me to do didn't make sense. But the cool thing about God is that the more that you submit to his ways and observe his ways, you start to see, oh, wow, I'm in school. Hello. I'm being prepared. I don't know when Joseph might have realized in slavery, in prison, that he was being prepared. But at some point he did. He treated it like school. And everything that we're in, everything, even when I lost my mom, grief, it was a school. It is a school. It's changed everything I do. It's allowed me to be open-handed with the timing of God on my life, even in seasons of the church when I'm working more or working less. I can honest to God say that when I'm at home with my kids or when I'm here, they they all coincide. They all work together because what I'm doing at home prepares me for here. What I'm doing here prepares me at home. The things that don't even make sense to you, please do not ride those things off because could that be the package that God has designed for you from heaven to keep you sustained in the heat, to keep you sustained in the persecution, to keep you sustained when things don't go your way or take longer than you think. And I want to end with this. I just, I have to share and expand Many of you in this room, I want to expand your thinking. Because God is not just preparing us to inherit on earth. He's preparing us on this earth to inherit in heaven. Not just for what we inherit on earth, but yes, also in heaven. I don't really know all that God saw as preparation for my mom before she stepped into eternity. And how it relates to what she was entrusted with in heaven. But if I could guess, I would say God is still using my mom's gifts for details and hospitality in heaven. I could see him using the way my mom stewarded meal prep for the family here on earth as preparation to steward heavenly gatherings around the table. Who's to know that she's not preparing? I believe she is. Preparing beautiful feasts that God chose that assignment for her in heaven because of the way that she stewarded even the smallest family gatherings on earth. God isn't just thinking about you right here in the present. He's thinking about our eternity. Those of you in this room, you've accomplished a lot. Those of you in your old age, you've accomplished a lot. Can I encourage you that if you still have breath in your lungs, there is still something he is using here on earth to prepare you to inherit and steward in heaven. Oh, God, that we would have the patience required to inherit what you have for us here on this earth, but also in heaven. I'm going to ask every one of us to stand in this room. I believe God is speaking and God is stirring things up. Like I said, patience is always not the most powerful topic. And I was like, God, why can't I just encourage, just just stick in the stream of encouragement? Paul's such a good encourager. But I just felt such a conviction from heaven, really, to encourage the body of Christ to grow. Man, we want to grow in our dreams. We want to grow in our goals. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, the path of growth is patience and the eyes of God. 
Because, again, he not only wants us to achieve and attain, but he wants us to be sustained. With every head bowed and eyes closed, and those of you who are watching online, this is for you as well. There's some of you in this room, I've been talking about the power of slow, but there's some of you in this room that need to make a quick decision to ask Jesus to be the Lord and personal Savior of your life. You do not know the time or day that you will leave this earth, but what you can know is where you're going to spend eternity. And the Bible says, come quick to salvation. Although he is patient with you, although he has even tarried, the Bible says he is slow in coming because he is patient, not wanting anybody to perish. But he is saying, now is your time. Some of you in this room have walked away from the things of the Lord. Some of you have never called on the name of the Lord. And some of you have walked away. And today is the day you have felt just the knocking on the door of your hearts. Today is the day to call on the name of the Lord. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? Oh, wow, thank you. Thank you for those bold hands that are coming back to the Lord and giving their life to Christ. Keep your hands up. Yeah, can we celebrate those who are giving their life to Christ or coming back to God? As brothers and sisters in Christ, can we just pray this prayer together? Those who pr are, and those who are praying this for the very first time, just close your eyes, bow your heads, and let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I respond to the knocking on my heart. I say, come in, Jesus. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Those who have given your life to Christ, yeah, amazing. You know, last week we had 32 people that came to our This New Life class that are figuring out and learning how to walk out their salvation. If you're here today and you're like, wow, I wanna have that class. That, that class is gonna happen on May 21st, which is when our next baptisms are. So you can take that next step. You can respond to the altar today. And there's some of you in this room that you sensed as I was sharing, you're like, wow, I need that. I am in a waiting season on something and I need strength to wait. I not only need the strength to wait, but I need the composure. I need the patience required to wait. I want the character being produced. And you just need help. You're waiting on the things of God. But can I ask you, when's the last time you invited the Holy Spirit to help you with that? Has it been a long time? Do you need to ask him? Do you need to renew the invite to the Holy Spirit to say, God, I need your help? I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and just with your head bowed and eyes closed. If that's you, if you need strength in the waiting, just between you and God, acknowledging that you need help, can you just raise your hand? Yeah, so many raising hands. Those who are raising your hand, go ahead and come down in front. Come down front because we're going to worship. And those of you who need to leave and you have different plans and get your kids, I totally get that. You're dismissed to go do that. But I want to create space here at the altar for those who really need to be renewed in the waiting. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to help you wait and wait with endurance, to not bypass. Some of you are in this room who... Some of you in this room have bypassed. Man, you've tried to take things in your own accord. You say, God, you gave me the word, now give me the driver. Get, let me be the driver. I'm gonna open this altar for repentance. The Bible says there's refreshing on the other side of repentance. Do you know how many times I've tried to do things my own way and then I ask God to forgive me and all of a sudden strength is renewed because I've been trying to parent, I've been trying to lead, I've been trying to be married, I've been trying to do all the things in my own strength. If you're here today from the front to the back and you need that refreshing that comes from repentance, you need to say, God, I am sorry for doing things my own way. I'm sorry for impatience. I'm gonna invite you to this altar and the team's gonna uh, lead us into worship. All of our altar workers and staff if you can just come surround our brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes strength and waiting just looks like being surrounded, surrounded, laying on of hands and saying, hey, we're surrounding you as you feel weak. 
Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and you're already here, Lord. I ask you, Father God, to overwhelm every person with the presence of God. God, that you rejuvenate us as we wait on you, as we call on you, Father God. I thank you, Jesus, for supernatural strength, God. God, help us grow in our faith, grow in our patience, God. If you said we can have it, we choose to wait, we choose to believe and the promises and the provision, God, and the salvation for family members, God, and the wisdom and the direction. Lord, we thank you. We surrender to this season. We surrender and submit to your ways in this moment. Right now, God, we repent for where we've tried to run ahead. We've repent for we've tried to be our own God of our own of our timing. And we say, have your way, Lord. Let's worship. I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness I've trusted your promise I'm gonna wait on you yeah. I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness I've trusted your Worship in faith, worship in strength, wait on him in strength and confident expectation. We draw from heaven, we draw from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God, we are coming to you worshiping and a spirit of faith that you're strengthening us in your presence. robotic motion okay I'm lifting my hands I'm worshiping I'm doing what you say I'm doing what I'm singing but can I tell you that supernaturally something is happening like because you're looking to the Spirit of God for help he is helping you what we do when we choose to wait on the Lord in our hands and our worship and our mouth uh, at times shutting up and listening and praying what we're doing is we're saying God I can fight my battles with my own strength or I can choose to draw strength from heaven and right now you're choosing to draw strength from heaven and my Bible says and my God says that when I call on the name of the Lord that he answers me when 
when I look to him for salvation, that he saves me. And so as we sing this, I want you to imagine as I'm waiting on you, it's not just waiting and then something's happening. As you're waiting on God, something is happening right now. Your spirit man is being fed. It's being fed. It's being reminded of the goodness of God. There's an exchange happening. So I want us to worship just for a little bit more thinking about the exchange. Wait with expectation. Wait with expectancy. Wait with the spirit of faith. Worship in faith that He is doing something. That even though that we're still waiting out there for that to happen, that He's doing something in here. Let's worship with faith. Expectancy, God. church I said patience is a fruit of the spirit another word for fruit of the spirit is evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and you as a result of waiting in the presence of God patience is a fruit is evidence of you being with God and I got homework for you church and those who are watching online as you go out and you live your day-to-day lives things that you would be antsy about Things that you would be impatient about. All of a sudden, you go, whoa, I spy patience. That's a result of you being in the presence of God and waiting on the Lord. How do we have patience? How do we have endurance on the hard things in life? We do this. We wait on the Lord. We're with the Lord because he is patience. And then what happens? You spy the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then it gets a little addicting. And then you're like, wow, well, I want to see more evidence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because what happens is all of a sudden you get more strength. Half of that strength is from God. Half of it is because you just got better at fighting battles. (laughs) Like you just change the way you fight battles. Waiting on the Lord. So I, I just dare you to look for that this week. With your kids with your prayers that you're still waiting to pray, 
the things that your logic would say. Get impatient about, why are you antsy? Oh, other people around you be like, shouldn't you be worried? Don't you have a deadline? Hey, don't try to steal my peace. Don't try to steal my patience. Patience produces the perseverance to wait on whatever it is. And let me tell you, and this is it, you're not waiting in vain. You are not waiting in vain. God is a good God. Whether we see it here on this earth or whether we see it in heaven, we are people driven by eternity. That means that we will see the promises of God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place and what you're going to continue to do. Yes, give them a praise. Give them a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.